The following podcast will contain graphic, disgusting, crass, foul, mature, and immature content. I'm Roscoe Toscobble. A half-elf rogue. I'm sure I'll help you with your problems. For money. This is Sir Colvick Darkseed. I'm a half orc cleric. And I'll happily show you my talking stick. This is Melvin Hardmeat. I am a high elf wizard. And so far, I have set zero clouds on fire. So here we are. This will be episode 81 when we release it. Who can fucking believe episode 81 from this nonsense that we've been doing? In theory, this campaign's only got about 20 episodes left, by the way. I planned it to be approximately 100 or so episodes, 104 to be two years. Uh, So we'll see how that actually plays out. But that's more episodes. That's that's pretty wild. And that is. We all die. Except for Melvin. Invincible. That should actually that should be what Melvin keeps living. But you guys are pretty much mortals, so uh you're also mortal. You well, just live I mean, a little longer. Just longer. Compared to those guys, I'm immortal. Don't I live a little bit longer because I'm a half elf? A little bit. That's more Melvin delivering your eulogy. Standing over your grave going, Invincible! Invincible! Yeah, you'll have about two or three more of me. That's fine. Yeah, I've already had two or three of you. <laughs> do, you do you think that's going to be like Melvin's destiny? Like after after the the view of his world in the podcast wears off is just him like collecting half orcs <laughs> and, and half elves to like travel around with? I'm surprised I'm not calling you by like other names. Hey, Gordon. Uh, I mean, Uh, sorry. sorry, Carlos. uh, What? uh, Carlos the (laughs) half-fork. Carlos and Gordon. (laughs) Melvin found his adventures later days with Carlos and Gordon. You knew my my grandpa and my (laughs) great-grandpa. Oh, yeah, that would be cool. Oh, that'd be fucking weird. Are you (laughs) kidding me? You're like... You're fucking breeding half orcs like dogs and like. <laughs> oh, I don't know. No, he just knew him by passing, not breeding them. <laughs> oh, I was thinking like he's, he's, he's like, like a half orc male. Like, a... <laughs> oh, no, that'd be hip dysplasia. <laughs> that'd be like, really... their, their fucking noses are all pushed in. They can't breathe. They're like a bunch of fucking bugs. <laughs> they sneeze and their eye pops out. Like... <laughs> just, just abominations. <laughs> That's actually really fat, sad. Melvin's breeding him because he has no friends. He's like, oh, now man. you are my friend. No, it's because I needed a cleric and I don't want to learn that shit. So, I'm just so like, all of them are oh, God. <laughs> we need a healer. <laughs> Nobody wants to be the healer. So, so you have to make healers. <laughs> I've got like three in reserve right now. That's like Star Wars and the Clone Wars. I got like three. Oh, man. 
You just give each of them an origin to begin with, and then you're like, okay, I'll see you in 18 years. <laughs> All of your memories. Six toes. <laughs> <laughs> That's weird. Anyway. <laughs> Old six toes. That's what happens when you duplicate them one too many times. Copy of a copy of a copy. A few errors here and there. So, h- hilarity of Melvin's breeding program aside. Uh, let, let's go back and do some, some recapping of some things. Um, so when we got to episode 62, uh, what did we all do here? I feel like I'm almost fucking up my description here, but episode 62 was, uh, you guys had the two vampires that were trying to get a hold of, uh, your stick buddy, Danica and Avina, and... Well, I think it basically just started off with you guys killing those two vampires and then getting the story about Perryland and it was a big place and there was lots of spies and all the rest of that stuff. I think you guys talked a little bit about breaking in, but then changed your minds. Remember being completely weirded out that Perryland even exists? Mm-hmm. It's a weird name. Is Perry even short for? Is it short for something? Perryled. Periwinkle? Her <laughs> name's Periwinkle. You can fuck her right off. <laughs> I know in, in Scrubs, the guy's name was Perry, and it stood for Percivus, I think, something like that. Percival? Oh. Percival. Oh, Percival, yeah. one of the knights of the round table? I mean, you could, I mean, with, if it's Percival, you could go with Val, maybe. Ugh. Ugh. I think that's Val Kilmer's name. I don't know. Uncle Google? Valley, yeah. Valius Kilmer. <laughs> <laughs> Other names. Uh, Valentine. Valentine Kilmer? Yeah. Really? Valentine, Valentine Edward Kilmer. That's not a bad name. Valentine. I don't know. I feel like high school... I feel like grade school would be brutal. High school would be a little bit better. And then, like, you're an adult and your name just doesn't mean as much anymore after yeah. that. Valentine's got some character to it. You would be unique. Definitely a lot more than Perry. Valentine Kilmer sounds like a private detective or something. Yeah, it does. Sounds pretty cool. I don't like the name Percival. I don't know where that came from, but I don't like that name at all. That's good. Are we just are we just gonna sit around and name, we just name, yeah rip on names? <laughs> you know, I've never met a cool Eric. <laughs> <laughs> There's one thing I can't stand. It's Kevin's. <laughs> God, we have a Kevin. Kevin that listens to the show. Careful what you say about Kevin's. Yeah. Sorry, Kevin. <laughs> Kevin's Kevin is a cool dude. The coolest. Thanks, Kevin. Anyway, Perryland is one of those things that freaked me out, but it's also interesting because we we open up a lot of doors and like, hey, we just found this land where objects have personalities and live, and then we just leave that shit behind. Like we never come back to any of that. We should have killed everybody there. Why? They're abominations. We well, no, we thought about that, and I think, but our biggest fear was like the rest of the world's filled with these. Yeah, I think I made it pretty clear at the time, and I'll, I'll refresh this notion, that if you guys would have tried to so much as get in the Perryland, you wouldn't have gotten in. Not tall enough. Would have uh, resulted in negative consequences for you guys. Yeah. Just think of all the things that are alive that we didn't know about. That was the fear. That's why we didn't invade Perryland. And why, why I guess we should be nicer to all in- inanimate objects. All right? Thank it before you throw it away. Ask it if it sparks joy. Mm-hmm. Find a place for it, if not. I hope that's my... What's the uh, the Viking uh, place you go after you die? Valhalla. Valhalla. I hope that's my Valhalla. 
Perryland. Colwick's gonna go to Perryland. Nice. All the living dildos you can handle. <laughs> you wouldn't believe the places I've seen. <laughs> Turns out it's filled with objects and molesters. Like <laughs> all the things are just fucking each other. <laughs> Gross. What? That got real weird. Yeah. yeah. Where'd that come from? I mean, I, I did thought... open that door by saying dildos, but we talked about that. I was recapping. <laughs> so anyway, uh... Perryland, yes. I you know I love leaving like those little seeds of things in the world though like because I you know I've mentioned this before I'd like to continue doing more campaigns after this one and um maybe, we'll, it's, maybe we'll find ourselves back in Perryland someday you, yeah maybe maybe the next campaign we play you guys just play animated objects and <laughs> you have to embark out from Perryland and <laughs> you're a level five spoon. <laughs> 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 I'm a level two crushed beer can. <laughs> oh, what a sad existence that'd be. <laughs> it's all crumpled up. You can't even sneak up on people because you're crinkling all the time. Part of it, it's crushed in a way. So that your eyes are the part that's crushed in so you can't see. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, I got a longer handle this level. <laughs> yeah, that'd be, that would take me... All of my prep time would be figuring out ways that you guys leveled up. <laughs> you can hold so much more sugar now. <laughs> now made out of silver. <laughs> uh, so, from that, there... That what happened. Uh, oh, yeah, next stuff that happened. Uh, then we got to... Um, we got to the episode where you guys got scooped up by Exude, and she brought you back to that bank in uh, in Kingsbury told you that half of the chalice was upstairs so this is probably i think one of the more interesting things because this is the first time that i like i don't want to use the word punished you but like i made a consequence in the world that was negative for a decision that you guys made really which was like you were in the middle of fighting and like going through a dungeon and then you're like let's take a long rest right here and i was like all right well the bad guys got away i think it was the you made it a timed event I think that was... I didn't like it. just going to say that. I will say that uh, as a DM, the thing that I probably should have done better in that spot was communicated to you guys that there was more of a time limit. I should have put that impetus out there so that you knew it. But, you know, well, here we all are. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter. We're invincible. I had a whole thing, so you guys were actually... You guys were going to go up through the tower, go through all the little traps and puzzles and combats and whatnot, and you guys actually would have met Chad the Lich way back then, and it would have been a very different encounter, but, you know, that's the joy of DMing, is you plan out a bunch of shit, and then you guys fuck it up, and we go a different direction. We had no idea. <clears throat> no. I'm not sure. Actually, we'll wait till later on that, because Melvin's thought process on Chad the Lich right now is pretty positive, so I wonder what it would have been if we met him first of all. Yeah, yeah. I guess the question is, is, was Chad always, in your mind, going to be this positive swell dude? Well, let's, co- let's come back to Chad. Okay. Exute was there. She popped in. She went upstairs. She got the half of the chalice, and then uh, determined that there was a taint upon it, and... Determined that you guys should go to the domain of Chad the Lich and find out what happened to it and uh, deal with it. 
The bank manager did give you guys a 10,000 gold reward, though, so that was kind of cool. That was pretty nice. Yeah, it was. Although we don't spend a lot of our money. Mm-hmm. We still have quite a bit in reserve. It's useful to have for spells, expensive spells. I think that's probably the biggest use for it. That's like true. Some of them are like 1,000. Don't tell the DM, but sometimes we're not good at keeping track of those. I'm pretty confident that the uh, math behind your accounting has been pretty fuzzy. But Fuzzy math. Fuzzy math, then. I, I think I've said it several times before, but I'll state it again, that unless there is some something more going on, like Matt Colville's Strongholds and Followers, which I would love to integrate at some in some way someday, uh, or if you're actually using gold instead of experience to level up, which some early systems of D&D had and I've always been interested in, I just am not interested in gold as a reward. Like, it doesn't really get you guys much, and all the coolest shit, like in so many video games you find, or I just give you, or whatever else, the money doesn't give you a whole lot of cool shit. But maybe that's just because I'm not good at making stores with cool shit in them, so, anyway. No, I think our stores have been pretty cool. Stores have been cool, and it's, it's always nice to be able to entice other NPCs with gold. You're like, I'm just going to flip them 10 gold pieces. They'll tell me what I want to know. Right, that's I true. Mean, they're not going to be like, oh, gold, so what? We haven't really worried about money. No. I'd say for the most of our adventure. True. But in fairness, nobody wants to listen to us do accounting, so. Yeah. I also think that it gets weird, too. Like, you guys are supposed to be epic, world-shaking heroes. And, like, maybe early on, gold's a little more important when you're struggling to, like, get better equipment and stay at inns and shit like that. But you guys are fucking level 15 characters, and if you guys are counting out your fucking tax returns or whatever at this point in the game, like... There's kind of bigger things at stake. Your characters are super fucking boring if all they're trying to do is get money. Oh, yeah, we're going to get paid. Let's save the planet so we can get paid. Like, you guys are a little better than Rick, right? think so. Maybe. I don't know. Money's pretty nice. <laughs> <laughs> there were a couple of other neat things that I think that happened in that one. Colvick got his dragon head helmet, which I sometimes forget you even got. Melvin got his panko face codpiece. Which does nothing. Except look cool. But draw attention to my nethers. It's all shiny. No one's tried to attack, to, uh, attack your nethers yet. So. That's true. I mean, they can use that as a distraction later on or something. Like, reflect the sun into their eyes off my <laughs> godpiece or something. <laughs> See, if I was a better DM, I would have like better combat narration. And it'd be like, he throws his dagger at you from across the field of combat, but it deflects off of the panko cod piece. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not that good of a DM, though. I always imagine, what's the uh, dude from, from Dust Till Dawn? Sex Machine. Doesn't he have, like, the... Come on, Sex Machine! Doesn't he have, like, he the, the gun on his dick? Yeah, the gun cod piece or whatever. He's got, like, a machine gun in his cod piece. Pretty awesome. That... Sounds really uncomfortable, not only for firing, but just general day-to-day living. I don't know. It's machine. It would make me feel safe. It would make you feel safe to have a firearm on your wang. Yes. We have different <laughs> definitions of safety. Some of, of our safety. wangs are firearms, so... <laughs> Mine's pointed at you right now. <laughs> you, sir, have a weird curve. <laughs> Had an accident when I was younger. <laughs> a bicycle accident. <laughs> oh, that's terrible. You know, one of the things that I thought about when I was doing these, when I wanted to start doing these recaps originally, would be like, this is a great jumping in point for new listeners. 
<laughs> I think it still applies. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you know, you can't take us at our worst. You don't deserve us at our best. Isn't that the phrase? Which is our worst. Yeah, our worst, and then it gets better worst. Mm-hmm. Butter worst. Mm, brought worst. Butterwurst sounds delicious, though. It does, huh? Yeah. A butterwurst? I'll take two of those, please. A brat boiled in butter and then grilled or something? I was thinking, have you ever had the brats that have, like, the, the little threads of cheese running through them? Oh, yeah. What if it just had threads of butter running through it? That sounds good. Uh, or, like a, like, a garlic butter or something? Mm-hmm. I don't even eat meat, and that sounds good. <laughs> garlic butterwurst? I think... That's a fucking state fair item right there. You could cut that up and deep fry it. Garlic butter worst on a stick. Yeah. I think one of my favorite parts about that episode was the uh, the failures to find information and how we explained those away, uh, which was Melvin was trying to ask around, or rather wasn't trying to ask around, and ended up seeing a Plube Man group show. <laughs> I forgot about that. Plube Man group. Uh, <laughs> Dumb. <laughs> uh, you guys were trying to find out information about liches, and Kolvik instead searched for information about leeches. Uh, and then Roscoe got distracted by stealing some coins, a fancy-looking bracelet, and a helmet. Which I still can't believe the fucking helmet. Like, yeah, the dice rolls supported it, but just like, it just it made me think of the one of those scenes where it's like cutting back and forth in camera shot between two people, and in one of them, like the guy would be wearing a helmet, and then it would cut to you, and then it cut back to him, and he wouldn't be wearing the helmet, and then it would cut back to you, and you would be wearing the helmet, <laughs> and he, but he just wouldn't fucking notice. Well, that was fun. That was a good one. Uh, the best thing, I think, to come out of episode 65 was everyone chanting Chad. Hmm. Uh, but that's when you guys made it to... Oh, you played some, some Pogs, by the way, with Brickrid Blue Cleaver and Darzath Winter Wound. That was fun. And you guys actually won for once. I think that was when we finally realized that Melvin hadn't been using his... Uh, proficiency his bonus. Proficiency bonus <laughs> for 60 that. episodes. And I think I just barely won that one, too. Fuck six. Uh, carrying on. I'm just kind of rolling through this stuff quick, so I don't, I don't want to belabor too much of this. You guys did make it to, you made it to the tavern. You rejected Derek as the guide. That's when Melvin, or not Melvin, when Roscoe threw his dagger into the wall, it freaked that guy out. Because this was, uh, because we went to the bank, discovered that the chalice was tainted, and we got set upon our mission by Exute to untaint the chalice from Chalice from Tad. <laughs> from Tad. Untaint the chalice from... <laughs> from Chad. Oranges. Orange, oranges. Or, oranges. Oranges. The oranges of our quest. That is, that's a fucking tongue twister. Yeah, it is. I'm not even going to try it. Uh, so this was... What town were we in with this? So you guys went from Kingsbury and Exude like, teleported you to Redane. And she teleported you to Redane uh, because that's like the limit of where her powers would take her. Right. Because we couldn't get any closer to Chad's domain. So Redane's the town on the outskirts of Chad's town of Peripheral. 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 You want to give it a shot? Peripheral. 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 What's that town? Peripheral. That was outside of Chernobyl 
Pripyat. Pripyat. That's what. That's what I want to say. So you guys got to that town, and Exude kind of like booted you off from there. You got to meet that delightful bartender with the unintelligible accent. Yeah, he's got a PhD in literary. Mm-hmm. PhD in literary. That became an episode title. And what was his name? Motherfucker. It was not motherfucker. <laughs> motherfucker. Doctor motherfucker. To you. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck was his name? Why can't I think of it? Baby true. Genghis. That's right. Genghis was that dude's name. I don't know why that took me so long to think of. And we had a discussion over if it should be Genghis. Pronounced Genghis. Mm-hmm. What did we decide? Did he Genghis. have a preference? Um, I prefer Genghis. It like distracts me when somebody says Genghis. Genghis. Um, I, well, this is fucked up. Apparently I didn't take any notes about what happened in episode 67, but the title was Hot Hades Handy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's when, uh... Wait, can we remember what happened? Yeah, we fought the, uh, we finally, everything you were leading up to. Yeah, that's when the, the Chosen finally came. The Chosen came. finally came, and oh. then we had those two hands that <laughs> like to grab testicles and... Why was it a Hot 80s Handy? H- Hades. Hades. Oh, hot I, Hades. I thought you said, I thought you said a Hot 80s Handy. <laughs> and I was like, well, that's cool too, but why? <laughs> you guys, you guys had um, a combat encounter with what I named the Chosen, which was the aftermath of the, uh, the War Clowns, the village that, uh, the village that you guys eradicated to save the uh the traveling orc troop what'd you guys think of that whole uh that whole combat encounter because i'm gonna be honest i thought it was kind of a dud for me like it was all this build-up and then you guys were just like mm, hold person <laughs> <laughs> i think we i mean yeah i mean maybe the combat wasn't uh that exciting but we definitely had it coming i should say roscoe definitely had it coming we all had to suffer the wrath I feel like there's more to come. I mean, this is an example of another door that kind of opened up where basically we got a glimpse that hell actually exists and demons come up out of nowhere and can attack us. And who knows? Who knows what will happen in the future now that the portal of hell has been opened? Mm -hmm. Could very well be. Could be more things are coming. Moving on from there, we got to the... Episode 68 was when we finished that combat. And... Uh, Bozobub came up and uh, took back the the body of Chosen and gave you the tip that the, the blood of an angel would uh, cleanse the chalice. And then you guys got, got on the road again. It was right around this time. So you guys got into the combat with the orcs. And I'm trying to remember exactly how this all happened. But I think Kolvik, Kolvik for the first time ever, uh, really, really stood up to Melvin. And I think you, I don't remember exactly what was said, but you threatened him. Well, was, that the, was that the time where there was the, uh, you cast Thunderwave on Kolvik and Yeah, because he was trying to throw me into my own anti-gravity field, if I remember right. I think that's right. And I didn't take too kindly to that. Yeah. And why were you trying to throw him into the anti-gravity? I think it was a bit of a... A stretch coming where he kept messing with me, kind of thing. Yeah. And then I was because I took his can. I took the 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 canter tu- tuba squirting. <laughs> yeah, that's right. The tuba you guys, squirting. You guys, because Roscoe suggested hosing off chosen because he wanted to see if the war clown paint was there. Mm. And Kolvik was like, "No, we should settle the combat first. And then Melvin snatched away the decanter. So yeah, there was some definite. Uh, 
poking and prodding and angst that was building up. And that was that was the first time it actually resulted in like uh, some physical violence and threat. So that was that was an interesting moment. I learned my lesson back on down. Mm, found your place in society. Granted, this is before you know Kovic found some cool weapons, which is probably coming up next here. It's coming. It's getting there. We got a long time, man. We uh, we're on the trail, dusty long trail for uh, quite a while. Almost this entire quarter of the storytelling, in fact, has been the road through Periprio on the way to Chad. That, by the way, uh, that combat concluded in episode 69. Nice. 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 Very nice. Uh, nice. Got to the end of that where you fought some Ankegs. Uh, episode 70, you killed the Ankegs and moved into the Stone Dudes. This was just a lot of combat. It's been a lot of combat recently. And we're immortal. Invincible. Invincible. Maybe we'll be immortal too. We'll you have could. to become liches. Yeah, you do, you do have an immortal That'd friend be sweet. right now. We should all become liches. Wouldn't that be cool? Party I, forever. I, I can do that. I you not with that attitude. You can't. <laughs> can, you it, can you make somebody a lich against their will? I don't think there's a reason why you couldn't make someone a lich against their will. Yeah, I mean the the secrets of lichery are pretty well and closely guarded. So I don't know if I want to reveal any of the specifics to you guys, but. I think, yeah, you probably could make somebody into a lich, although the process is expensive and arduous to the nth degree. So if you're going to go through all that effort... We have to do it three times. Mm. Are there any good liches? Like, non-evil? Like, if you're a lich, do you have to be evil? I think in most D&D settings and most D&D lore, especially like the mainstream or like the, you know, the stuff that comes from Wizards of the Coast... I don't think that there are any good liches. And in fact, if I bust me out the monster manual. The monster manual. The monster mash. The monster manual. The monster manual. The beautiful and delightful monster manual published by Wizards of the Coast and available at your local gaming store uh, for a steal of whatever price it is. A lich is a medium undead any evil alignment. So the way that the book says you basically have to be evil, and I think there's a much more lore and everything else that goes around it being evil, because apparently some of the things you gotta do to become a lich would be pretty evil. You also do need to, in typical lore, consume souls to feed your undead afterlife. So Can they be bad souls? You know, I guess like you're getting deeper into the theories of good and evil, like Ooh, check this out. I'm just metagaming. <laughs> but this one has an example of Bale Norm, an elven lich of good alignment, which introduced in the ruins of Myth Draenor mm. in 1993. Interesting. So there is precedent, which I that don't know if be... we operate on a common law D&D system. <laughs> but... <laughs> Interesting. So, I would say, in, in my world, I have a much looser definition around good and evil. Um, so, I think you could be a good lich. Are you a good lich or a bad <laughs> lich? <laughs> so, you know, it doesn't, you don't necessarily have to be full-on evil uh, to become a lich. I, I think there could be exceptions around that, but... Interesting. Interesting. See, Kolvik, you could be a good lich. Maybe. Possibly. I'd have to check my clerical thoughts on that. 
there would be such thing as a good lich in my mind, even if it was for good intentions. You know, that's right up there with like uh, the the whole Robin Hood theory. You know, like you're robbing from the rich to give to the poor. So is the is the robbing itself a crime? I'm stealing souls from bad people so that I can live forever and do Meals on Wheels every day. Yeah, that sounds really nice. That's what Jimmy Carter does. <laughs> Why did you become a lich? Well, Habitat for Humanity needed a person. <laughs> I figure, why not give my eternal soul to it? Everybody lives in habitats of bones. <laughs> <laughs> we only take this from the bad people. <laughs> this isn't exactly what I had in mind, but thanks. The, uh, Thanks. Is this, like, haunted or anything? <laughs> oh, don't worry. I consume those souls. They won't be haunting you none. Well, I did get bored with giving you guys just combat encounters, and I realized that that was probably boring to, to travel along that road. So I did try and spice things up. And in episode 71, you guys started coming across some of those other encounters. You encountered that burned-out wagon... Uh, there was the pole with that dude nailed up, nailed to it with the metal thing over his mouth. Was there anything in any of those encounter, encounters that we missed that had more to it than what we did or didn't do? I mean, I guess that there was more things that could have happened in any of those encounters, but... We didn't like, miss out on anything. Nothing that would have like significantly enriched your purses or the storyline, I guess. Gotcha. I mostly did those to add... A little bit of color and a little bit of depth to to like the landscape and the area, you know, to kind of flesh out what it was like to be there. Because I'm not super good at environment descriptions, and that would be a helpful way to give you guys a better idea of like the tone and feel of the land. So you didn't miss out anything huge. Uh, what you guys did make the most of, though, I was fucking ecstatic about how the encounter with the old lady and the book and Seistrup's Rod of Wonder. Uh, how that all turned out, because that was... Mm. I don't think we're ever going to use that thing. No. It's, it's too risky. I have a whole table. There's well, like literally like 98 things that can happen. To, uh, you gave it to Lettuce. Did we get it back after that? It could have burned with him, because he got... <laughs> That's the only thing I could think of. Because <laughs> I mean. he, he got smoked. I don't uh -huh. remember actually picking it up from him, from his yeah, dead body. You guys would have grabbed it. Or at least I'm assuming, because I want you to use it again someday. If it survived... But yeah, it's one of those things, you know, you don't want to use it in combat, especially the types of combat that we've been in recently have been mm -hmm. pretty high stakes, so mm -hmm. we haven't had time to fuck around. Not a lot of room for error. I really want to put you guys in a combat scenario where you have just no choice. You're like, fuck it, nothing is working. Rod of wonder. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if we get into like a stalemate situation, then yeah, might as well see what's in that baby. <laughs> Can we recharge that thing at all? No. Every time you use one of the types of effects, it'll burn out that that effect. And it's actually, I think it's only like 20 or 25 different things that can happen. Maybe 30. There's a good chunk in there, though. You guys did eventually revive that old lady, and she basically washed her hands of you guys and, and walked away from you. Said, keep the book and keep the rod. Fuck off. Oh, the old book of foreskins. Mm-hmm. So gross. I wish we would stop saying that. <laughs> we say a lot of gross shit, but Book of Foreskins for some reason is like, it pushes the line for me. Old Book of Five Skins. <laughs> I don't know. Kind of take at least like 
a hundred foreskins to make a book. The old book, a hundred foreskins. <laughs> well, we don't. I mean, we don't have to do the math on this. <laughs> I can see that. <laughs> like, what are, <laughs> like, like, what are the dimensions of the book? <laughs> so anyway, if you stretch a foreskin, you could probably. It's probably not a hundred foreskins. How do you figure out the area of a cylinder? <laughs> oh, there's a good equation for that. Oh, for sure there is, but I can't remember it. What to do with area of a foreskin? I have it saved on my Excel <laughs> spreadsheet on my computer at work, so I don't have to do the math. Pi times two pi radius height plus two pi radius squared. Mm-hmm. There's a there we go. There's some <clears throat> articles on the foreskin surface area as well, so. I think we have some good scientific uh, <laughs> <laughs> basis to draw from, you know, if we yeah, need to. Really. <clears throat> <laughs> so the next thing that happened, you guys made it past that encounter, and you encountered a group of orcs along the road. Kolvik made a uh, an overture of food to them and rolled well. That got you on the way past that one, so that was cool. That could have been a combat. It was originally intended, I guess, as a combat encounter, and mm-hmm. and then you you got yourself through that one, and uh, and then it turned into a whole lot of orcs when you got up to the wall, and I I still I don't think that I will ever ever believe that you guys just didn't go straight into fighting there. Like you guys talked your way through this enormous what could have been combat encounter and then we went back and we played it out as though it were a combat encounter so it's not like you didn't you know get the thrill but i mean when you're invincible sometimes you like to give yourself a challenge and see if you can but we did cheat and win that encounter that way but it's fine we turned into drag we didn't cheat we decided to test our abilities and when did we cheat because we turned into dragons well, Melvin turned oh, into a yeah, dragon. Melvin turned into a dragon. I mean, that's not cheating if the DM lets me do it. <laughs> True, and it's not cheating if the DM doesn't know you're medicating. So it's cool, right? I've the world been, we I've been upfront and honest about any metagaming that I've done. Does that make it better? No. <laughs> I was waiting for that to come around. Everybody goes silent? Okay. Well, and see what that does for me as the DM is now that I know that Melvin metagames. Uh, what I do is anytime you guys get into a combat encounter, I just fuck with the statistics and things like that. So whatever you look up on the internet is wrong, and looking it up will probably do you more harm than good. I don't like, I don't necessarily look up like the statistics. Like I'm not like adding the HP, but I I look up like generalities. Like well, I don't know, maybe what they're weak or strong against or something like that. Oh yeah, that's all gonna change from now. Whatever. But I, you know, if but the, come on, I mean, uh, uh, like when it came to like polymorph and stuff like that, like I had no idea what I could polymorph into. Yeah, so. that you needed to look up. And then I think we found you a list of that, right? Things you can polymorph into. Yeah, and what they're good for. There's a lot of good lists out there. That's how we came up with T-Rex and giant ape, and I forget what else we've used. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's we also had a conversation on seahorses. <laughs> if that was a good idea, if that was a good idea or a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> Determination? Bad. Yeah, that would not have turned out good. Bad for us. Maybe bad. good for enemies. <laughs> bad for Kolvik. Good for everyone else. I mean, if you, yeah, if you could turn an enemy into a seahorse. I mean, I feel like there's better things to turn people into, but a seahorse. Like, how embarrassing would that be to be turned into a seahorse and then killed? 
<laughs> I think it would be great. <laughs> That's how I want to go. <laughs> <laughs> Suffocating as a seahorse. You'd be pretty, at least, for a little while. Anywho, uh, we moved on to probably one of our best titled episodes, uh, which was Moist. Uh, and the level of discomfort we've given a lot of people by saying that word as many times as we've had. Do people get uncomfortable? Exceptionally uncomfortable. It's it's a very uncomfortable word for a lot of people. I mean, did we get comments? Um, I didn't see anything on the internets, but personally, I had several people come to me and tell me that they were uncomfortable with that. Okay. So that episode happened. I also forgot to write in my description of what happened in that episode, so I'm really slacking on my notes. Uh, but I think what happened with that was we continued on down the road, and then you ran into the ghostly lady who encouraged you guys to go in and, well, basically fight a bunch of ghosts in her in her family's crypt uh, with the promise of that fancy magical wand. And you did. And I got real close to killing you guys again. Yeah, uh, not, not quite. That was that was a scary scenario. That ghost lied to us. Yeah, that was so not disappointing. Very nice. Mm-hmm. Sometimes there are dishonest people in the world, and it's unfortunate. Sometimes those people are ghosts. Roscoe, I didn't want to come in here. Yeah. <laughs> Could have been treasure. And it was treasure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that is where Kolvik ended up with his sweet, sweet new mace. Smithereens. Which I thought I was giving you because I thought I had taken away your warhammer. And then you reminded me that I didn't take your warhammer away, so now you just have two cool weapons. Mm -hmm. Uh, We moved on then to the episode titled Melvin Metagame, uh, where we had Melvin talking about the stats of the ghosts that he had Googled. (laughs) (laughs) Why is that so funny? (laughs) Uh, I think probably the, the funnest part from there. So then we leveled up in there and then we got the uh we got to the episode where uh we we created lettuce or well where Melvin created lettuce and uh <laughs> his light was bright but short. <laughs> <laughs> I think the process of naming lettuce was the best part of all of that. Is it what did it start off with? Crouton. Wasn't a crouton in there? Or like, it was, it was, no, it was, it was soft sal- lettuce. It was oh, like, oh, oh, yeah, oh, yeah that's right. Hard meat, soft lettuce. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. right. Okay. And then it just morphed down to lettuce. Soft lettuce. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's why one of the music tracks. <laughs> Nobody likes soft lettuce. Nice. Uh, and then that was when, very immediately after that, you guys met up with those two dragons and fought those dragons. And, uh, what else? Dragons. The adult black dragons. Those guys were tough. Yeah. Those were tougher. I don't know. I don't know. Were they tougher than the ghosts? Yeah. Yeah. I think we would have died very soon if you didn't do that cool little trick you learned about entrapping and making that uh, barrier. <laughs> that feels so overpowered, by the way. That it is. Just like, yeah. It is. It is. <laughs> yeah. But I, you know, I will say that. I think for like the standard, I mean that's like a very well-known thing about Dungeons and Dragons. I think almost any edition, but fifth edition in particular, is that like the difficulty, the challenge rating, it's way the fuck off the rails. The further from level ten you get, essentially levels two through like thirteen, I think is sort of what most people agree on. And we're at least in, in the discussions I've read on the internet, and we're talking about the 
ability for me to turn or make an illusion real for a certain period of time That's right. and make it out of anything that I want. Yeah. I think, you know, it only works for like one enemy. I don't know if it's that overpowered, but it allows me to take like at least one enemy out of the game. But, you know, when you're fighting two huge dragons, mm -hmm. that's yeah, 50% of your problems. Also on that battle, we can no longer use our napalm because we use the rest of it on that dragon. Yep. Yeah. So yeah. that old trick is no longer available. We're, we're out of cleaning fluid. Mm -hmm. We can't clean enemies anymore. <laughs> well, I, I think I gave, you, I gave you guys each three of them, so you got some limited use, but that's, that's all that's left from like the, the well that you had. Fair enough. Fair enough. We're going to have to find some more traveling salesmen. <laughs> Remember how long ago that was? Yeah. Those early, early episodes. That was, in fact, I was just looking at it the other day because I don't want any, I don't want to give too big of a spoiler away, but I did talk to someone about commissioning some artwork related to the, the Turducken incident. <laughs> uh, so I had to go back and find out that that was... <laughs> how did that conversation go? <laughs> <laughs> well, it started with, hear me out. <laughs> well, let me finish. <laughs> wait, wait. Uh, so yeah, that was episode nine, I believe. 10% of the way into what we're at right now crazy or close to it is pretty cool to think that we just had somebody on twitter who joined twitter just to say that he thinks we're awesome and he's only on episode 10 that's like 80 hours more entertainment he gets uh-huh anytime somebody joins patreon or says something on twitter or whatever and they talk about being that far out it's like man you have no fucking idea what's about to happen to you because we don't have any fucking idea what happened even <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, we did do that, huh? Yeah, uh, that that yeah. by the way uh, was Zachary Kenny that boasted about us on on Twitter. Thank you very much. And the funniest thing about that right now is that Zachary has one tweet, is following two people, and has three followers. I'm gonna see if we can up that right now. Uh -huh. I'll get in there. Find us some Zachary Kenny. Now, well, you just got to look for people that have pumped up VGAD, because there they are. Uh, I thought that was amazing. I thought that was super cool that they joined Twitter just to say, just to give that little shout out. Yeah. That, was, that was phenomenal. <laughs> At VGA team, literally made a Twitter for the first time to tell you that I love the podcast. I'm listening on Google Podcasts, and I'm only 10 episodes in, and I'm loving it. That is fan-effing-tastic. Yep. Uh, so that that brings us almost to where we're at here. You guys made it through the adult black dragon encounter, and then you finally, you finally reached the walls of the fabled city of Periprio. Uh, you managed to glean a little bit of information in the town, found an inn to stay in, and then we're surprised by an invitation from Chad the Lich themselves. What a thang! You decided to take that invitation and made your way on up to his house, uh, and then, and then you sat down and had dinner with him. And uh, and I think as Melvin, let's let's go back to your opinion about Chad the Lich, Melvin. I'm just, I you know, I had the stereotype in my mind of what liches were, just because I've been told all these terrible stories, and he just he kind of flipped that on its head. He was pretty like solid, reasonable dude. I could probably get along with that guy. 
so far. I mean, on the surface, I don't know. Seemed pretty genuine. What do you think, Colvick? I think it's more of a a nature thing in my habit of not liking undead things. I have spells that can zap undead out of existence. There's a reason they shouldn't be. And so that's Colvick's kind of but I mean, like, and thoughts about just this. as a regular old dude, like, what'd you think? But he's not a regular it's like old the dude. Jimmy Carter of witches. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Y'all having a nice time? <laughs> yeah. Pretty much, he had all that food laid out for us. None of which was poisoned. Right. We didn't. Know yeah. That. Only my own food. We ate food. That was good. Yeah, Colvick did make his own. He patently refused to mm-hmm. eat lich food. Yeah. I just think of all the things that happening, I don't, I think this, an undead creature who's just, it's just too good on the surface. It has, there has to be a dark underbelly. He wouldn't be a lich if, they, if he didn't want something. Want something evil and unnatural? Roscoe? I just said, all I have to say, he's the Jimmy Carter of liches. <laughs> <laughs> he's okay in your book? A saint amongst undead. <laughs> What a swell corpse. Sure, I raise the dead, but I make homes out of them. Hey. I don't just raise the dead, I raise their economic status. Everybody in the town seems to like them, so. Chad was pretty universally liked and loved. Yeah, I don't want to get, I don't want to get too far into it, but I, I definitely wanted to make the lich and everything around the lich, the lich that is Chad, specifically a... Well, a bit of a conundrum for you guys. You know, I wanted it to be both a challenge from a power structure, you know, like just straight up combat power and all the rest of the things that happened there. Because that was one of the eventualities that I had planned for was what if you guys just went in there guns a-blazing. I think that would have been a phenomenal combat encounter. Uh, Who knows what that'll turn out. Maybe you guys do go back and fight him. Um, I wanted to give you guys the opportunity to, you know, take the morally questionable path, I guess, of like, do you split or change allegiances or you know try and form a whole new union of allegiances or whatever like i I wanted to move into that situation without having painted you guys into a corner Uh, i feel like it's too soon for us to make a decision on that i mean we just met chad so we can't just throw away this whole relationship that we've had with exude to this point Mm -hmm. but um i mean i don't know things continue the way they are continuing and Chad still seems to be, you know, a stand-up, stand-up lich. You know, who knows what, who knows what could happen? Who knows what could happen? Stand-up lich. <laughs> He's just a stand-up lich. Made me, made me go to lich stand-up. <laughs> Chad up there at the old comedy club. <laughs> What's with the living? <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. That was pretty good. <laughs> Newman, too. Pretty what? Newman laugh you just had there. A Newman laugh? Yeah, it sounded like a little Newman laugh. It was pretty maniacal. After my poor Seinfeld impression. I should have said, what's the deal with the living? Yes, it really is. solidified it. Missed opportunity. The deal with the living. That more or less brings us up to current. And, uh, you know, it's probably about time to let people get back into the regular episodes. Any other thoughts? Uh, any other... Anything's that's going through your head. Let's just let's go around the table. Roscoe, how are you? Uh, how are you feeling about things? Feeling pretty good. Uh, not immortal, but what are we? 
Invincible. Invincible. That's the word. <laughs> Doing things. Removing taints. <laughs> Need a taint removed? Call the VGAT team. Carve that taint right off. <laughs> Regular taints, magical taints, any kind of taint. Whether it's in a chalice, whether it's in your home. Between your legs, in a chalice, I'll remove that taint. <laughs> you guys remember a long, long time ago when we did fake commercials? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, those were not very good. Do you still have those? <laughs> I think I put at least a couple of them in episodes, I think. Two of them. Yeah, that was a long time ago. That's but a no. Different. Seriously, we will remove your taint. <laughs> <laughs> that, I'll come back to that in a second. Any other any other thoughts you've got about where things are at, etc.? No. Okay. <laughs> 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 All right. <laughs> Colvick, tell me about uh, tell me about your thoughts about where things are at and how you feel about the show and this, that, and the other. <laughs> kind of, it's kind of sad. To think about there's only, I mean, we're more than halfway through, more than three fourths of the planned segment of the show, and so kind of coming to an end. I mean, well, we haven't even reached level fifteen or anything like that, so. Yeah, I mean, you guys are at level 15. I we're do want to get you to 20. Yeah, we're going to sure jump up real fast. At least one or two, mm-hmm. you know, things that you can do after your level 20. Because there's no point in getting you to level 20 and then be like, all right, that wraps her up. Like, <laughs> <laughs> clap, clap, clap. This fucking D&D edging. Like, I want to get you all the way there. <laughs> <laughs> so we will have at least one or two things that happens after that. And given the pace of things that's happening right now, I might, I might kind of push you guys... We've already, if you hadn't realized this, we've already leveled up faster than we would have in a regular game. That was a conscious choice that I made because of the the duration of the podcast. Like, I, I wanted to tell a story that would wrap up in about two years, but I also wanted you to get to level 20. And those two just weren't going to be compatible unless we played, like, every week. Uh, so I, I kind of accelerated how fast you would have leveled up uh, normally a campaign that would get you from level 1 to level 20 would be like 3, maybe even 4 or 5 years. So we just we pushed that up a little faster for you. Um, but yeah, so we'll we'll do a little bit of accelerated accelerated leveling to get you up to mm-hmm. 20 before the end here. And, and yeah, we're, we're getting close to the end uh, of this storyline. Yeah, I just don't, I don't see where it's heading, which is awesome. I can't really foresee, I mean, we're making places like Perryland and Chad the Lich being cool and some cube somewhere and whatever happened to old uh, Hot Carl? I don't even know. I mean, yeah. there's there's so many A lifetime ago. I know exactly. There's so many Forskin avenues. Books. Foreskin books. <laughs> yeah, you know, and, I, and, and I, we still have only met two goddesses. <laughs> I mean, two gods and this, uh, I wouldn't say gods. Can't say that. You fucked fifty percent of them. <laughs> <laughs> I love you all coy about that the first time, and then now it's just out. Now it's just out. Yep. Open and secret. I, I think there's going to be a lot more internal struggle as we go along too. We're starting to see our potential and. Ooh. Yeah. Right on. Invincible. Invincible. Melvin, tell me your thoughts. Well been a good journey so far i think cole looks right i think we're gonna see the the bonds of the vgat team tested maybe in the future but um 
Yeah, I think I feel pretty good about things. I mean, I, I think the most incredible thing is how much support that we're getting from fans. Since we've basically started this from scratch, now we're, you know, as far as Patreon goes, like there are a lot of people that are just happy to listen to us, happy to support us. And and they basically get shit back for... <laughs> <laughs> no, they don't. I, I say that... Um... I say that jokingly because we don't do the stuff that a lot of other podcasts do where they, you know, they'll send like Christmas cards or like you get loot and merch and all kinds of other stuff. Like, you know, I sent out some pogs a while back and the next batch of pogs should be here relatively soon. We'll see if anybody's interested in those, but uh, we don't do like special bonus episodes. We There's a lot of shit that we just don't do that a lot of other Patreons do. Very or... inappropriate Patreon content. Yeah, yeah, we've got that. <laughs> uh, we've got that for sure. Well, let's not mention all the stuff these other podcasts do. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the people out there start questioning there. <laughs> Wait, yeah, we don't really get anything out of this. <laughs> no, well, and, and I, I put it in there. I put it right in the big description up front that's like, Hey, if you want to help us out, if you want to support us on Patreon, that helps pay the bills. Uh, it also helps what we've been doing a lot of lately, which is starting to pay um, a variety of commissioned artists on the internet. We've got our fourth piece done now uh, from Schaefer Brown of Chad the Lich. That one was freaking amazing, uh, as all of them have been. And I have three more different artists that I'm starting to look at working with over the next couple of months. So... Uh, to me, that's one of my favorite things that we've done so far. Um, we've got 80 episodes, 80 plus by the time this comes out. We've got a lot of awesome fans, a lot of awesome supporters. But I think that being able to not only build that artwork for the world and have that as part of the world for the people that are listening and for the fans, um, but also helping you know support other artists. Like you know, we're not we're not like just taking all this money and blowing it on beer and pizza and whatever else. Like it's actually going to do cooler things for you guys. So yeah, absolutely. My favorite so far is the war cons by Luca. Yeah. That's by far one of my, I like them all. Don't get me wrong, but that one's my favorite, my personal fave. Mm hmm. Got to go with the, the character of hominid art. That's a uh, hominid art. Hominid art. Hominid art. Hominid art. art. Yeah. Well, Christopher, Christopher Spence. Christopher Spence. Yeah, that guy. Not only awesome art, but really cool guy as well. <clears throat> yeah, totally. He's telling me a lot about his homeland. Well, kudos to that guy for being able to draw a elf in a bomber jacket with Crocs. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> that was probably another one when I'm describing the scene to somebody like, all right, hear me out. This is what I want you to draw. Did a phenomenal, phenomenal job, though. All of them have so far. I'm super grateful. I did also, by the way, I wish this was coming out before it had ended. Um, but Luca does, is also Wizard Thief Fighter, who is the, I mean, it's just another name for the dude, and he does the Ultraviolet Grasslands. And if you guys have not looked this up yet, it is fucking awesome. It's a whole campaign sort of adventure module like however you want to think of it i'm not sure how they describe it uh but of that art style and it's a whole new world very interesting uh i think i bought in at like the 60 dollar tier so i get a physical copy of the book the map the dice and i'm i'm just fucking pumped uh on kickstarter i should say and i don't know if that's gonna be the only thing they do or if there's more to it but yeah that one's that one's been freaking amazing so i'm sorry i didn't mean to to ride all no, over your, your thing there but 
No, that's pretty much it. I'm happy so far. Things could change at any moment, though. Well, I have already begun work on the second campaign. Um, so I've been starting to do some of the planning around that. I've got some... It'll definitely be different. Uh, I want to continue on in the world that we're doing, but it's a very, very different theme. Um, you know, and we'll see what, what you guys think of it. If you guys, uh, I guess, you know, we've kind of talked here and there about whether or not you want to keep on playing, and it's a little ways out, so we'll see where we're at. Uh, just just know that all of you are replaceable, so I can... I'm totally kidding. You guys are irreplaceable. We're <laughs> <laughs> bringing in some new talent. <laughs> new talent, new... Uh... This is Carl. He'll be. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to be shadowing you for uh, a few <laughs> Oh, man. Nothing worse than training your replacement. So tell me, what do you do here? <laughs> you ever had to do it? I have not had to train my own replacement. That, that's. I'm very grateful for that. I did one time. And, and they shit canned you at the end of it? Yep. Oh, God. <laughs> did you know it was coming? No. Or, no. I mean, I guess you. <laughs> What am I going to be doing after this? Don't worry about it. <laughs> um, anywho, that gets us through one of the things I definitely wanted to do, which is to thank our thank our patrons. Uh, I would like to run through and thank... Can we run th through each one and name them by name? I would love to run through and name each one of them by name. Nerdcant, uh, who pops up first in the list because they have the at symbol in front of their name. So I'm just going alphabetical order in Patreon, by the way, not by any other indication. Nerdcat, thank you so much for your support. Aaron, you have been awesome. Axolotl, you are awesome. Bay Area Beer Socials, or BABS. Brian C., who... Watch out, Brian C. There's going to be a character named after you soon. Ooh. Thank you for being a supporter. Chad? Well, Chad, you know what you got already. Wait, did we name Lich after Chad? Yeah, though that's that's where the name came from. Chad the Chad the Lich was named after our patron. <laughs> yeah, Chad, Chad. Derogatory Chad, Lich. Chad, <laughs> Chad, 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 Chad. <laughs> I actually sent a MP3 or a WAV file, I don't remember which, to Chad and uh, they were gonna use it as their ringtone. <laughs> The Chad chant. <laughs> That's pretty awesome, actually. <laughs> yeah. mm -hmm. Can you imagine? You like you're at the fucking bank or whatever in line or McDonald's, and all of a sudden in front of you, just from somebody's pocket comes Chad, 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 Chad. I love that thought. Eloisel, thank you so much for your support and uh, and for those drawings all that time ago. Eloisel sent us some some of her own drawings that I have not published because. I did not get permission to do so, but she drew the crew, and it was awesome. Jody, thank you so much for your support. Gerg Murky, thank you so much for your support. John, thank you so much for your support. Just His name's just John? Well, there's just a John in there, yeah. What's his full name? I'm not saying people's full names. <laughs> John. <laughs> what's John his address? <laughs> <laughs> hey, John, what's your soch? <laughs> Last four. <laughs> trying, to give, trying to give everybody some level of anonymity. That's true. I suppose. Uh, I don't know. If you log into Patreon, can you see everybody? No, not you can't see the supporters. You can see the quantity. I can see them because it's like my login, but you can't see. Nobody else can see who these people are. Gotcha. Kathy, thank you so much for your support. Mr. Seistrup, thank you for your support. Mr. Seistrup is the one where uh, we named the 
Mr. Seistrup's Rod of Wonder. That's where that came from. <laughs> you had a wonderful rod, Mr. Seistrup. <laughs> Robert, thank you so much for your support. Victor, well, we thank Victor all the time, but Victor, you deserve to be thanked again. Thank you so much for your long-term support here. And Zach, thank you so much for your support. Also, Bryant and Emily, you deserve a mention for your support through Kofi. And also Steve, who Expecto Steve was named after. Um, that's It's so unbelievably fantastic that all of you have not only been listeners, but, but have actually like <laughs> amazingly financially supported the show. It's fantastic. It's helping all this artwork get out there. It's helping all of us uh, do the thing that we're doing. So we're very, very blown away by it. Very grateful. Uh, thanks to everybody who's listening. Um, it's, I think I've mentioned this more than a few times at this point in conversations with, uh, with my delightful wife early on. We talked about how if we got so much as 10 listeners, we'd be happy. And we're well, well beyond that. Got a lot of supporters. Got a lot of listeners. Thank you all so much. And uh, I suppose we haven't begged for reviews and ratings on iTunes for a while. I think... Uh, you know, I try not to get too pushy in the mid rolls anymore, but um, but those things really do help us. Uh, that helps more people find the show. Anybody that leaves a review, we get this little boost in new people finding us, and and then hopefully that leads to more people rating and reviewing, etc. So I don't even care about reviews. I think the coolest thing is when people just say like hi on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, 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 that is also very true. Like create a whole Twitter account just to say hi. <laughs> Pretty cool. It's like a virtual high five. Mm-hmm. It really is. It is. I'm super pumped that anybody at all is <laughs> listening to our hour of dick and fart joke no, I with the story behind it podcast. I think so. it's one of my favorite things that people think, it started out as a guilty pleasure. Now I'm playing it throughout my home. <laughs> well, we started out as a guilty pleasure. Uh-huh. <laughs> Nobody needs to know I'm listening to it. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I yeah. do. We'll never be super famous because not everybody wants to admit they listen. <laughs> <laughs> Go to the theater. Make sure to turn the lights down. Yep. We're all here together, though. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to it right now, underneath the covers at night, <laughs> next to your wife, her husband, or we're, anim- we're right there in bed with you, or friend. What? Said so we're right there in bed with you, friend. <laughs> all of Vigat laying of in bed with you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> We should, we should do a a VGAT ASMR. Oh man, that's. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> what what would it what would the VGAT sound be? What are, it just whispers? Yeah, it's just like you're. Isn't that ASMR? You get super close to the microphone, and which we are. Yeah. I mean, you get like yeah, you get real close, and you whisper, and well, you need like those uh <clears throat> special stereo microphones. I don't oh know, yeah, you know where you can do like the left ear or the right ear mm. or whatever. I'm in your left ear. I'm in your right ear. We need to oh, get. Oh yeah, a, you could, we need to get a pan. You could probably do that. Equalize that shit to be left or right or something. Yeah, we maybe? can pan. Uh, well, we released the episode in mono, so. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? oh. There you go. Yeah. we could do a YouTube episode. Yeah, we could do a special, a special ASMR. This is a terrible idea. I'm yeah, sorry, it really I is. <laughs> I don't think I'll ever do that, but who knows? Who knows? You, you know? can do it. You have you have like a talent. You're a, you're a voice talent. You can My, do a, the talent. You're the ta- the talent. <laughs> you're the talent. You could do the you could do ASMR. 
I uh, that's weird. Yeah. I mean, not like I mean, whatever people are into, I just I would feel weird producing it. Until you see the checks roll in. And then you're like, I'll massage this shaving cream into my pubes. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think, can you... uh, uh, Okay, I just gotta let all that go. That's... Let it out. (laughs) Let it out, shave it off. Anyway, I think that wraps it up for our review, our recap episode number four. Thanks to all of you for listening. Thanks to all of you for everything you've done for us. We're going to keep on doing it in gratitude to all of you. So, anything else? Nope. Be to him. Out. Vegan, 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 the very good adventuring team. Have you ever shaved your pubes? Yeah, I totally have. You haven't? I never said I did. I mean, I, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I <never said> <laughs>